Anyway, Uncle Charlie, that's a term, obviously in baseball. It's a baseball term. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Uncle Charlie. No, I actually haven't. I have not. Um, Uncle Charlie is just like a wicked curveball that, you know, falls off the table. That's that's what Uncle Charlie means. Um, also has an alternate, alternative meaning. Uh, I bet. It does. <laughs> you um, well, one of my a co-worker, a fellow official scorer, a couple years back, had never, for some reason, and he's a baseball guy, never heard of the term Uncle Charlie. So we... You know, I wasn't in the room at the time. This is a second or third hand story. Um, but, you know, I tend to believe second or third hand stories sometimes. But anyway, to make a long story longer, the story goes, um, he didn't know what it was. He went home to look it up. And we looked up, we looked it up in the Urban Dictionary. And <laughs> in the Urban Dictionary, it means, uh, how do I put this? I'm just going to say, you guys can edit this. Hand job under the table was an Uncle Charlie. <laughs> under the table, though, is key. Under the table is the key. And that's a sports ball. Sports com- ball. Coming to you from the mm, sports ball studios. You are now listening to the Small Monster Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Small Market Podcast with your hosts, Watucky and Hoffman, coming to you from Sportsball Studios in Midland, Michigan, right down the street from Dow Diamond and down the street from uh, the LPGA tournament home site of the 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 great lakes bay dow invitational i'm sure i got that all wrong but you know we're not sponsors and we weren't invited to cover it yeah, so you know we had to do a little media had to do a little gorilla reporting you know yeah i seen you guys posted some of those gorilla yeah. videos yeah it's but, gorilla warfare out here for podcasts like us we're kicking but, in the door of the establishment more importantly though how you doing today wataki militant <laughs> no, I'm That's doing, the right answer. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. That's the right answer. We're teasing, of course. We I, I uh, got to go to the LPGA tournament. That was a lot of fun. Got to hang out, or well, my friend Jason Wirtz. The he's a friend of our show. show the yep. uh, he's our our normal uh, baseball correspondent. Was a volunteer at the Invitational, so I got to go and harass him a little bit, and uh, he was kind enough to come on the show for our second segment and talk about his experience. He's got some cool stories and uh, um, talk about all, all everything, all the results and everything from the happenings uh, from, from the, the invitational this, this past week. So very cool. We're glad to have him on. Uh, should we jump into the headlines with Tucky? Yep. Well, I also make mention though, in our third segment, we have the last half of our interview with Juan Adriatico yes. uh, from USA Warriors baseball. Good interview, so, good guy, good organization. Great guest, a lot, doing a lot of good work. But yeah, let's hit it up with some headlines, Hoffman. What do you got for me? Okay. What do you think about this, Watucky? Byron Cow- Cowart? Yeah. Byron Cowart. He made, it a state, he made it a point of saying that Tom Brady, there will be no welcoming party at Gillette Stadium for Tom Brady when, when he comes back to play against the Patriots. What do you think about that, Watucky? In in who is Brian Cowart? Byron. Byron, Byron Cowart? Cowart? See, exactly. And who is he? Should we? And you are? No, I, I, I kid. He's a linebacker for the <laughs> for the New England Patriots in Brady's last season there. Uh, that was his rookie season. So okay. this will be, be his third season in the league. And he said, quote. Third season or second season? This will be his third. No, his second season. Sorry, because last year was. Was Brady's first, first season away with Tampa. From, yeah. So this will be yeah. a second season. He said, quote, he'll treat Brady the way he'd treat any other opponent. Uh, there ain't going to be no damn ceremony for him or nothing like that. Love the spirit. <clears throat> love the fire. Love the competitive. Like, hey, I'm, I'm here and I'm going to try to change the culture and stuff. But it's not going to be any ceremonies. Note, note to Byron. Uh, Tom Brady makes his own ceremonies. Reference last year's Super Bowl. <laughs> it's very true. And t- 
talk to uh, Mr. Robert Kraft or or Bill uh, Belichick. Yeah, about what kind of ceremonies he he's deserved of or not deserved of. You know. Yeah, that's that's weird because usually deserving of or not deserving of. Bill Belichick himself is very quiet and reserved and does never give anyone bill more billboard material. Very odd that uh, one of his players would just come out and say this. Yeah, that's the that, kind that, of that's thing. That's very off the cuff, um, probably by him. I, I, there's no, I, I don't know. I don't know what Bill would say to him behind closed doors. Like, hey, man, don't make those statements. Well, and you said it perfectly, you know, Wataki. Like, don't expect any uh, parties when he comes back. Maybe don't expect yourself to come back because you might not. Uh, That's very yeah. You might not even make the team. Yeah, you, know? you there's been a lot of Bill Belichick's that guy that come and go. You know, yeah, so. they, yeah. Bill Belichick's one of those guys where you can be good, but if your attitude ain't right in the locker room, he'll just get rid of you. Like, he yeah, doesn't he care, doesn't care who you are, right? And he makes sure that you, it's, you know, everyone you falls a line there. Yeah. You can go unceremoniously and, and not be missed at all. So, yep. uh, The MLB trade deadline. I know we didn't do our homework too much on this, but... I haven't heard a ton. Have I you? Think, no, I think there's going to be some surprises with this, honestly. And I'm, I'm curious. I'm really curious because I like the guy. I like watching him play. I'm really curious to see where Chris Bryant ends up. And if he ends up somewhere other than Chicago... First person I'm calling is Mr. Leroy Climola because I want to hear what Leroy <laughs> has to say about this and like, you know, if he's not crying in his beer or upset about the whole situation, I really want to hear what Leroy's got to say and like, we should, will he be happy about what they got in return, what the Cubbies got in return and all this stuff and yeah. Yeah, he'd have a lot to say on it. Of course, he'll, he'll probably be pretty happy about how well the, the White Sox are doing. I don't know, is he a White Sox fan? No, absolutely not. He's not. Okay. He is not. No, that's Just taboo. a Cubs fan. Just yeah. a Cubs. Just a Cubs fan. Speaking of Leroy, this is a sidebar off topic, sorry. That's He's okay. got a Kid K podcast. Did you know about that? Leroy does? Yeah, the Kid K podcast. And he interviews, it's like a college, like a couple of college teams and stuff, and he he's interviewing their that. players and stuff. No, I just seen that on the internet. He was posting, he's posted, he's posted a couple interviews, and I don't know, so when he, we have him on again, we should definitely discuss uh, that with him. Yeah, absolutely. Kinda. And we need to either have Leroy in the studio, or we need to go down to Chicago and make it a point of... Uh, uh, you know, have him meet us, with him. Have him meet us in Chicago, and yeah. we'll go to the bars, and we'll do an episode. That would be sweet. Oh yeah, hit up like Wrigley and stuff because Leroy is oh, stellar guest, yeah. just like Jason. Just he's, like Jason, he's, yeah. you know, they're one of those uh, in the pocket guests who are just amazing. But so, sorry, yeah. I kind of digress. No, 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 you're all good. Uh, MLB trade deadline. There are the the teams you want. This is kind of a weird year because it's you're not so much looking at. Um, players on the move, you're more looking at the teams in contention and what kind of what kind of holes are they filling? And right. um, you know, guys are always they're always looking for pitchers and stuff. Craig Kimbrell is one of those guys that's always kinda on the move and mm-hmm. always has his, his bags packed and is ready to go. Um so he might go somewhere. I know the Mets they're a, a team that's always kind of looking for pieces, and they're having a great season, so they want to, you know, they might want to add a piece or two to... Do you think uh, they'll want to add an arm? They Especially, might, I mean, DeGrom, he's... Another arm probably having some issues him, right now, you know? forearm issues. Well, he's like, it seems like he's carrying that team. He's still, yeah. Yeah, his arm's hurt from carrying the damn team. Right. <laughs> if that right. isn't, I didn't mean it that, that way. If that isn't the truth, Hoffman, I don't oh, know. Oh, boy. Yeah, but um, yeah. So MLB trade deadline, I think we're gonna get some surprises out of that. And I don't think anything will be beneficial to Detroit, though. Oh gosh, no, no, I don't think so because we're not. Obviously, we're not buyers, no. but we're really not anybody that's. There's no gonna, pieces. There's no pieces to sell, really. Yeah, there's no pieces to like pick clean from us or anything, unless somebody like is trying to get Michael Fulmer, but isn't dying Fulmer, to like, get Fulmer. Yeah, isn't Fulmer? Is he injured too, or nah? He's just he's just in the bullpen. He's not he's not the Michael Fulmer that you think of, right? Right. Well, and uh, I mean, 
all the guys in our farm system are guys that we want to keep and develop, like Torkelson. Yeah, you're not going to get rid of any of those guys. Maybe a Jonathan Scope, but... I don't know, man. I don't know. What are you going to get for him? Anything that's really worth anything? That's Yeah, there's not much to watch there for as far as the, the Tigers. They're not in contention. They probably just want to stay where they're at and hope their farm system... Continues to develop. Continues to develop, exactly. NBA Game 6 tomorrow night, or Tuesday night, Bucks versus Suns. I mean, let's be honest, we're taping this on wow. Monday. Yeah, but, so uh, who knows where this is going to be at. But what in the world, we're in either, the course of a week, Hoffman, yeah. has happened to my sons? Seriously. I, what happened? Sons and four. Sons, sons and four, four yeah. Like, sons sons and seven, please. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what we're going to have to uh, hope and pray for. If you're me and you want to see Chris Paul, right. I know you're a big fan of Giannis, and he's really made an impact these last three games. Yeah, but it would have been cool to see Chris Paul, you know, get a chip. The man deserved it. And, yeah. Uh, you know, Booker's a great young player, and he, he's fun to watch. I, DeAndre Ayton, same thing. I feel the same way about him. I love watching him play. All Both sides, both teams. I, I think I just hope that they can all – be friends at the end of this um that's what's really <laughs> most important we're just maybe. all out here to have fun they're all just out here to have fun and have a good time and i mean it's just one of these home. guys is going to get the monkey off their back hoffman i know and that's one guy is not well that's what's great about the finals so then one guy you're gonna sorry to interrupt you no, but one guy you're just gonna feel bad for because he's not going to either uh, so we're either gonna have a new champion uh by the time this episode comes out or we're looking at a game seven. Yeah. Uh, so either way, this has turned out to be a great finals, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. The Seattle Kraken expansion draft, Watucky. This I want you to educate me on. I don't know a ton about the Seattle Kraken. Well, obviously it's well, Seattle's they're expansion. From, they're from Seattle, hmm. and they are named the Kraken. Now you, is this going to be your new favorite team based upon the name, the Kraken? Probably. Being the eight-arm killer. I'm and thinking about them being my... But then again, anything I root for tends to go down in flame. So I want to be very careful about this and uh, wish them well. Maybe just root for them from a distance, from afar, and uh, hopefully I don't jinx them or put a hex on them. The I old heard Hoffman hex on the old Hoffman on this hex. new uh, team. I heard Detroit's yeah. offering them... No questions asked. Their third and fourth line. <laughs> they, just you just have whatever we got players, there. Yeah. yeah, just all of them. You take them all, and we're just gonna start anew. Yeah, just we'll just we'll bring up should. other people. We'll just try something different. <laughs> it's, I'm for it. I think they should absolutely do that. <laughs> I think you know what I think the NHL should do, Hoffman. Hmm. <laughs> You're as bad as like the Red Wings were. Like, I mean, they're bad, but like the year before, I think they were even worse. When you have the worst record in the league. You should get to have an expansion draft. Yeah, that year, like separate from the actual draft. Like the wings <laughs> should be able to pick somebody from everybody else. Screw the crack, and the wings are the guys that need that. Right, right. And you know, isn't that unfair that that was kind of our makeshift mascot was like the octopus, and then yeah, he's, for the, just comes the, in, swoops in, and they're like, Rally Al it. will beat the Kraken's ass. <laughs> this is how the expansion draft is going to work, Kentucky. The Kraken will select one player from each team, team, excluding Las Vegas, for a total of 30 players. Why? Because Vegas is so new? I think so. Yeah, okay. I think that's, the, that's probably the, that's fair the deal. Um, teams have until 2 p.m. Uh, on July 17th, which has already passed, to submit their protection list, which prevents certain players from being selected. Red Wings put out their protection list, and we joked about it, but there's nobody on that team that I think is... I wouldn't protect anybody. I'd protect, I, you know, I'd protect Steve Eiserman. I don't want him to take our GM. <laughs> that, that <laughs> been, anybody I, else, I could care less. How I, sad is it that I was thinking the same thing? Like, just yeah. can can we make, can we put Stevie Y on there twice? Just, in, like, once as a player and as a GM? Look, in the beer girl in section 104, all right? Yes, Yep. Uh, keep her and Steve Eiserman, you know, guard them, and then everyone else, it doesn't matter. That's it. Everybody else is expendable. The expansion rules also dictate that the Kraken must choose at least 20 players who are under contract for next season. They must also choose at least three goalies, 14 forwards, and nine defensemen. Uh, we also have to be mindful of the 
$81.5 million cap ceiling, but also of the $60.2 million cap for. So they got to stay right within that within kind the of middle, which I don't think there. the ceiling should be a problem because nobody's given up their top players in an right. expansion draft. So you're yeah. going to get players on the cheap. It's going to be making sure you're above it, exactly. above the floor. Yep. Which I, you know, would cause a headache if I were a, a GM. But still, I don't know, kind of fun. I I think these expansion drafts are uh, they're always interesting. It's always cool to uh, to add a team, and especially it's interesting to kind of watch how this because expansion drafts don't happen very often, right? Unless I mean, you're the Vegas Knights, and they happen. Then it happened six. what three, four, five yeah. years ago. I didn't know if it was that long. They they set the bar though. I mean, yeah, they got real good real fast. Yeah, yeah, they did. They're they're amazing. So. I want to talk to you about a couple other incidences. Well, talking about like trades and things like that, let's let's keep it in our backyard. As far as Cade Cunningham, think he's going anywhere? I mean, we don't even have he, him yet, and we're yeah, already talking about getting rid of him. He better be going about to trading. Detroit. That's that's just what I've heard. I think that's just internet bullshit. Sorry, internet BS. Just internet garbage. It's a, bunch of, <laughs> it's a bunch it's a, of malarkey. It's a bunch of malarkey. It's a crackapoo. It's a bunch of guys in cardigans sitting around oh, a kitchen boy. dinette talking sports. None of it's real. Smoking cigars and just well, one watching of women's golf. Cigars. That's right. There's just it's just not. I, I don't see there. I don't think there's going to be anything behind it. I don't think you can give. I for me personally, you can't give us enough to throw away because we're finally starting to build the core. Now we're going to bring in a guy who. Could be a generational be. talent. Yeah. Often. Oh, it could be. Could be. I'm, I'm just saying. And so you're gonna throw that away for what? Everybody else is gonna give you like a couple of draft picks and a couple of junk players. Like most likely, you have to give me some crazy superstars. Two of them, and that's assuming that we have a nucleus that can work with them. We don't even have that yet. We're still building our nucleus. So why would we throw this away for just a bunch of? For a junk drawer of players, like I, I agree. I've heard murmurs of a possible trade, of a potential trade, and it just doesn't excite me. I mean, no. like, no, get, this is your only shot at something good. Yeah, you know, take it. You take it. Don't have to be the smartest guy in the room. Take the obvious number one. Don't make some goofy trade. Right. I mean, like, unless the Lakers are going to give you a freaking LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Which isn't going to happen. Which isn't going to happen, so don't don't worry about it. I or mean, Dallas this... is going to give you Doncic, or, or Atlanta is going to give you Trey Young, or something. You've you got to be somebody it's... that's, yeah, that is clearly the future of the NBA. Right. And has already established himself as that. And you're just not, not going to get it for a number one pick. So like, I don't want a junk drawer or a hodgepodge of crap. Is Portland going to give you Damian Lillard? I don't want him for like Damian that. Lillard. You I would want no. I want Cade Cunningham. Damian Lillard's great. I'm not. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying like he is not the dude I would want. You'd rather see somebody new and young and fresh. Yep. In Detroit, working I, with you know. The, I agree. No, you're building. No trade really excites me right now. I I would. I just want to see. We've got a lot of good young talent in there already that we drafted from last year and and. Um and even the year before and I'd really just like to see the number one kind of capstone guy like our generation's Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, exactly. When Isaiah came in, when Zeke came in back in the eighties, he changed the culture of Detroit like basketball instantaneously. And I hope that Cade Cunningham can do the same thing. And all these young guys kind of follow suit. They've got some direction and like. Cool. We're all young dudes, and we're all gonna just lead this, you know, exactly. Lead these guys to 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 the promised land. Finally, yep. Or at least back to the playoffs. At least back to the playoffs. Jeez. Like legitimately, not this yeah. Not kind like of, hey, we skate it, just kind of yeah. creep into the first round and just get blown out by the box because everybody else was terrible. And yeah. <laughs> so we just happen to kind of fall. Because all the good players are in the West, it. and then exactly. we still get stomped by the best team in the East. Right, exactly. Verdugo. Yeah, what's the story behind this? So, uh, Wirtz was kind of explaining it to me earlier today, and um, Alex Verdugo plays for the uh, the Boston Red Sox. He used to play for the Dodgers. He even played here in Midland for the Great Lakes Saloons at one point in time. Oh, there's yeah. your small market connection, Hoffman. There you go. There's the small market connection. Bam. I always liked watching Verdugo play. I still like watching the guy play. 
he was out in the outfield, and apparently what had happened was they didn't show it on camera. I don't. The cameras didn't catch this because why are they focusing on the outfielders? But apparently a fan had thrown a ball at him. He didn't like it. He was livid. I mean, there was like a six minute, six or seven minute video that I saw where he's just he's cursing up a storm and he's getting mad and the umps are trying to calm him down. His manager's trying to calm him down. His his uh, teammates are trying to calm him down. And he's just he's mad. And in fact, he they had to take him off the field. It, there was kind of some weird rain delay going, but he kind of like led off the field and wasn't going to come back on. They had to talk him back on. Apparently what had happened was he, uh, I guess he was in New York. He tossed a ball to, um, it was supposed to be a young Red Sox fan. A Yankee fan, an older Yankee fan caught it, threw it back at him and hit him. And that's what Verdugo was mad about. So I'd be mad too. I'd be pissed too. I'd be absolutely pissed. You know, on face value, you're just like, Obviously, you don't throw things at players. Like, no. And this has been an issue since sports started having fans back in the stands. I think the NBA was having issues with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Trey Young, they were like, some dude tried to spit on him in the in the yeah. playoffs of New York. And it's just like, what? Why are you? Why are people acting like this all of a sudden? Like, knock I, this shit off. I don't know where this trend is coming from where, like, the, that started, you know, when basketball was coming back. And, yeah, someone spit on Trey. Someone else uh, threw something at threw popcorn at Russell Westbrook. Yeah, um, the NBA had like a lot of instances yeah. when they started back up, and I was like, "Wow, wow, you know Why? what is what is wrong with people?" It's it's been is it just been because it's been like a year and a half without sports, and people are don't know how to and, act in public. They don't remember how to treat other human beings. I mean. I don't know. I'd, I'd be mad too. Yeah. I'd be mad if I were any one of those guys. You don't act like that. You, you wouldn't do that to your son or daughter. You know. Yeah, but yeah, and what frustrates me even more then is, I mean, that's like the face value of the instance. But this ball was supposed to go to like a Red Sox kid, like a kid yeah, that's a Red exactly. Sox fan going and catching a game in New York. You know, he's just, he just right. he's going to get a free ball, and some adult takes it from him and throws it back on the field. <laughs> Man, F you. Ridiculous. This is like the old dude that cuts in, in front of kids for autographs at the stadium. Like, come exactly. on, man. This is this game is for the kids. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? You get the autograph for the kids. You grab that ball if it comes to you, you know, if the, if the throw isn't on target, and you hand it to the kid because right. you know that's who it's going to. Right, right. Man, that dude's trash all the way uh, around. Agreed. And he got banned from all stadiums for life. Good. So, yeah, which... I don't know how they're going to enforce that, but hey, that's I think that's a that's a good gesture, yep. and that's that's a kind of guilt trip that should be laid on somebody like that. I mean, Absolutely, if you're, gonna, you're you're intending to hurt somebody, yeah, and especially another, and, and that's the kind of example that Major League Baseball needs to set. Yeah, so, no, I think yeah. that's that's good. We will take a short break, but in the meantime. Um, we will. Uh, I just want to remind you what's coming up. Our second segment. We've got Jason Wirtz, who is he is transitioning this time from. <laughs> don't look at me that way. He's just he's usually our baseball correspondent, our official baseball correspondent for the Small Market Podcast. This week, though, and this week only, and maybe next year at some point in time, he will be <laughs> our official LPGA correspondent. He's a man of many hats, Hoffman. He's a very talented, knowledgeable, uh, knowledgeable guy. He um, he drinks beers and he tells us things. Yeah, so, he drinks beers and tells us stories. Exactly, and that's that's why we continue to have him back. Yeah, love that guy. Anyways, he will be on in our second. Our next segment coming yep, right up. Next segment. Third segment, Juan Adriatico. I got it right. Yeah. That's, yeah. Juan is on the the uh, third segment. This is the second half of our interview with him. Third segment of our show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more of the Small Market Podcast.
Wataki and I have one place that we go to when we're looking for anything sports or hobby related. Curveball Collectibles in Old Town Saginaw has more unopened product, single sports cards, and supplies than anyone else in the Great Lakes Bay region. Come see Mike Wilson at 413 Adams Street in Saginaw, Michigan and browse the over 1,500 square foot showroom floor of graded and ungraded sports cards. There's no other spot like this in the state of Michigan. In fact, Wataki, I haven't seen another place like it. And by that, what I mean is they've got a barbershop style atmosphere where you can hang around and chat with staff and other collectors while also drooling over museum level memorabilia. Again, that's 413 Adams Street in Old Town, Saginaw. And there's a lot to do in Old Town. They've got breweries, shops, art music, record stores, and a lot of history in that area. A lot of hidden gems that no one even thinks about. Damn, I want to go right now. But seriously, there's something for everyone, and Mike has consistent events going on, such as signings, trade night, and pack wars. I brought my nieces out during one of Mike's signings, and they had a blast. They could not have been more excited to have gotten their first autograph there, and they picked up some Pokemon cards, too. In addition to that, they've got Star Wars, wrestling, comics, toys, and anything else you, you could possibly imagine. You name it, they've got it. Check out Curveball Collectibles in Old Town Saginaw. Welcome back to the Small Market Podcast. I'm your host, Wataki and Hoffman. We have uh, one of our regular guests on the show this evening. Um, he is a, uh, well, tonight he is the LPGA <laughs> contributor. For contributing, the small market podcast. yeah, expert and correspondent, resident correspondent. I wear many hats on the show, obviously. That's right. That he, Mr. Jason Wirtz. Thank you, Jason, for being on the Thanks on for the having show. me on, guys. We appreciate it. He's normally the uh, the baseball uh, resident correspondent, but tonight and for this week, he is the LPGA resident correspondent. Spain in my horizons, that's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> reason, getting better and better. Reason yeah. being, because of the... This past week was the... Uh, the um, great The Dow Great Lakes Bay Invitational, which is... I think it's less than a mile away from Sports Ball Studios here. Sure it's is. Just yep. down the road. Yep. I can I can walk to it from my house. You can walk to it from your house. Yeah, actually. twenty minute walk, about a mile. Yeah, yeah. And it's a lot of fun actually. I mean for somebody who doesn't really enjoy watching golf on television or talking about it on the podcast the last couple weeks. It's a stretch for me, yes. I <laughs> I agree, but this is a lot of fun. Pretty cool event. And uh, Jason, you were a volunteer at this this was, week, yeah. so you want to tell us a little bit about that experience? Yeah, it was a, it was actually a fun experience. Um, when I first heard about it, the Invitational, it was obviously a couple years ago when they had it in 2019, 2020, they didn't have it for obvious reasons. Um, thought it'd be kind of a neat experience to volunteer at. I didn't do it in 2019, um, just didn't get the information in time. Uh but when it came around the next time, I wanted to volunteer. And one of the things I always wanted to do, I, I don't know why, um, added to a list of weird things I've always wanted to do, um, <laughs> is be a marshal on a golf hole and to hold the quiet side. Yeah. You know, to quiet down the crowd so the golfers could hit the ball. <laughs> so, I, you know, when you volunteer for this, um, you can sign up for literally – Anything. I mean, they need volunteers for literally every aspect. And one of the really neat things about it is they had over 1,100 registered volunteers. And you could be like a walking scorer, um, a marshal, an ambassador. Uh, I, there are just so many different jobs that you that you could take. Do they let you choose what you Yeah. Want? How did that? Yeah, awesome. absolutely. You go to the website. Uh, you sign up. Um, you did pay a fee, but that covered... Like the cost of your polo shirt, hat. Um, they give you two free tickets for the week, which was really nice. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was it was a minimal fee. I think it was like I can't remember, like forty five dollars. But I mean, what you got back yeah. in return, well, and that's cost of uniform and stuff. I mean, yeah. they got to fit you so that everybody right. looks uniform yep. on that course, and it you know because it's an extremely professional event. Exactly, and it was. I mean. I'm sure there was stuff in the background that I didn't see, but I mean, it was on the surface really well run. Um, and I get, I mean, it's just a huge undertaking um, for the area. There were volunteers from all over. I think it was from 15, 20 or more different counties in Michigan. Um, there was a guy in the hole I worked with one day who was from North Carolina. 
Wow. Flew in just for the tournament. He volunteers at um, PGA events and decided to come up for this event for the wow. week and volunteered. So um, it's 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 really neat. It's a, it's it's going to that course like a, like you know Hoffman said it's a mile away from the studio, a mile away from my house. But once you're there at the country, it takes place at the Midland Country Club. Um, once you're there, it feels like a different atmosphere. Feels like you're not in Midland almost, which is right. might be a weird thing to say, but if you were at the event, you may know what I'm talking about. It was it, it looked like a very professional, which it was, <laughs> event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really neat. Yeah, it has a completely different vibe to it, and I, I've been there even just on a regular kind of occasion where, where there's not anything going on. I mean, there's always something going on at the country club, but. Right. This is definite, definitely feels like an event. They've got like the ESPN towers up, and you see the big CBS logo. Yeah, CBS and Golf Channel Golf covered Channel, it. Yeah. Golf Channel, exactly. All this stuff, and it's just, uh, it's really cool to see. And when you're walking around too, <laughs> there's yeah. people that are like, you got to kind of keep your eyes peeled. Like I saw people taking pictures with people that I had no clue who they were. Right. So I, I'm sure I was missing out and seeing celebrities or maybe local celebrities or people yeah, from there's... Golf Channel that I should know who they are. And yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, I, everyone. I mean, I saw a bunch of different people, you know, big local celebrities, I guess you'd say, um, from the area were there. Um, but yeah, even in the Pro Am, uh, Austin Dillon, NASCAR driver, oh, was, yeah, was yep. in the Pro Am. He's probably the biggest name yeah. in the entire Pro Am list. Yeah, he drives the Dow car. Yeah. Yep. yep. So, and his car was there as well oh, okay. for people to look at. Yep. Um, I saw Joe Volk there. He's been on the show. Joe Volk was you there. Know, he was walking he's, around. Uh, yeah. He's made quite a name for himself uh, since being on the show. So yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah he's, he I has. Yeah. Smart, what we could do, that. you know, and I'm surprised that you weren't asked to be in the Pro Am Hoffman. <laughs> well, I turned it down. Oh, <laughs> you know. Well, we got to keep feel the like show this rolling. Year, we got obligations. I got to get in better shape if I'm going to I be mean, you could have been in the same group as, you know, big time radio host in the state of Michigan, Bill Simonson. <laughs> oh, I mean, he, he was there. I mean, I saw him walking oh, around. I know he was okay. in the group. So. Oh, yeah. That's that's yeah. a large guy, isn't it, Hoffman? Yeah. Large? Yeah, he's real large. Which, which yeah. is, Whatever. What's the show know. called? The Large Show? The Large Show. I think it's yeah. the Large Show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I was dead nuts. Yeah, well, he, he's, he's a big deal to some people. But uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> I would have had to take off my cardigan in order to golf and I just wasn't willing to do that. Yeah, you want or to take off my, the cardigan. It's a special occasion, yeah. that's for sure. Or uh, or put down my cigar. So yeah, <laughs> apparently they don't. They frown upon that sort of thing at the uh, at the country club. So but what, anyways, yeah. <laughs> so what was the uh, what was the format of this, Jason? Uh, the format they had. It, it's a team format, which is unique to any LPGA or even PGA event that I am aware of. Um, you can pick your teams. Uh, so they're. Um, some sister teams and some, you know, p- you know ladies would team up from who are from different countries and stuff. It's kind of a uh, unique format. Also, um, rounds one and three were alternate shot, which means they would um, two of the ladies would tee off and then their partner would take the second shot and it, it would just yeah, you just go back and forth. yeah, go yeah. back and forth like that. Rounds two and four is called four ball, so. All four players would shoot, and then the best score amongst that team would get recorded. Okay. Right. And the sisters who won the event, um, their name is tough to pronounce, Jutanagarn, Jutanagarn, hopefully I got that right, um, they really thrived in the four ball. Uh, they shot a 59 in rounds two and four. What's par on that course? Uh, par is 70. Holy smoke! So they were eleven under. So they were eleven under. They after the see after the second round they were fourteen under and they were ahead two shots. And then after the third round they fell back um, to thirteen under. So they actually dropped a shot. And then they fired another fifty nine to end up uh, winning by three shots. In the so end. they weren't the leaders going into the final day they were on not. Saturday. They were. They were actually in fourth place. Wow! So yeah, that's two shots back. That's quite a come up in, in a golf tournament on a final day yeah. to come from fourth place. 
Yeah, it was it was pretty incredible. It was, it was fun to watch. I mean, they they were a fun pair to watch. That's for sure. Now, when you're out there marshalling, Jason, you ever have it anybody during the course of the the four day, four or five days that you know didn't listen to what the sign said or didn't read the sign? Yeah, actually, I had a few. There was a few. Um, there was a few. I had to kind of do a you know the half turn, give them the eye. Make sure that <laughs> stink eye. Yeah, you know, to make sure that they were, you know, paying attention as the player comes up. Um, you know, you put the quiet sign up when the player is about ready to come up to the vault to hit. Yep. Um, that's when you put the quiet sign up. And if I hear anybody talking, I kind of, you know, turned around. Most of the time, they got it right away. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of times I had to shh to people. You know, do that to make sure that they. Yeah. You know, as as the day goes on and people have a few more beverages, I'm sure that they kind of forget their surroundings a little. You know. Oh, you should. Yeah, I got I got an evil eye a couple times for doing that, but hey, that's, that's my job. That's the job. Yeah, you're not, yeah. and that's kind of a golf etiquette. You're not supposed to talk yeah. during the backswing. Exactly, and I think, but for the most part, it it was few and far between. I mean, I was there for all four rounds plus the pro am, and I probably there was less than probably ten times that that actually happened um it, it was it was actually a really good respected golf crowd and i was actually impressed by that yeah i agree i i got to because of your passes i got to come in on and check it out on saturday and that was i had the biggest fear of being shushed i did not want the shusher i did not want to get shushed so I, like i even i whispered even after the tournament was over you know, so it was. Well, I almost had to show the quiet sign to my wife. Yeah, to make sure that she was. <laughs> you get, yeah, do you get to keep that and take that home? That might be useful. <laughs> well, I might need to borrow that. That's, actually, that's worth I, whatever you paid. I yeah. wanted to, <laughs> but the first time I used it at home, it'd be broken in half and thrown in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and I might even have a black eye afterwards. So, <laughs> just kidding, Katie. Fair enough. <laughs> it's uh, funny. Too good. <laughs> no, yeah, it was. Uh, very respectful atmosphere that some like what's what sucks about that uh that course is that they all make it look really really easy yeah you know and it looks like a really fun course to play but i know that i would just i would destroy that thing i would just and yeah i mean it was uh they all make it look really, really easy. There is one shot where I was up kind of hanging out by you with Katie, and we were, you know, watching you in action. You're shushing people and stuff, oh, yeah. doing a great job. And uh, <laughs> was it was it Lexi Thompson? Was that who who was near the video that I sent you? This no, morning? that was Stacy Lewis. Stacy Lewis. I'm sorry. Okay, so um, I got video of Stacy Lewis. You, I don't think you're supposed to be taking pictures or video. Uh, because he, I don't see anybody else doing it but me. So. I did it on a hole, actually. Okay. And there was a lot, there was a lot of people doing it. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I was afraid I was gonna get my phone taken away or something. I don't know. It would have been me to police that. I, <laughs> as long as you're <laughs> as long as you're quiet about it, which you were, you're fine. I, yeah, I just tried to stay out of the way and be quiet. And um, you know, she hit it where I would normally hit it, kind of just off the. Well, still better than where I would have hit it, but kind of not in the fairway. It was a couple yeah, feet it was, off. It was the in the rough a little bit, yeah. Yeah, and she, you could tell she was frustrated, and she came up, and Jason's like, I "Found you, you're right over here." And she's like, "Yeah, no, I got it." You know, yeah. you could tell oh, she was she's not happy. She was a little, she's a little understandably, cold, understandably you know? so because there's a tree, and then you have a couple of trees mm-hmm. to the right, and some branches hanging down, and. She had, she had a tough shot to navigate, and the hole was yeah. not easy to get to. No, not at all. And I, you know, I was just telling Katie, I'm like, I would screw this up so, oh, yeah. so bad. Because there's like three trees right there kind of in the way. I'm like, I'll hit, I'd hit every single one of these trees trying to get it out of here. Sure. And, you know, the safe play would be just kind of chip it back onto the That's fairway. Whatever. Punch it on the fairway. But these ladies, like, it's frustrating, but no fear. They just they they hit it where they need to hit it, and of course she had like a stellar shot right after that. And well, that's that's what the remarkable remarkable thing about watching these pros is, you know, like I said, I was on that hole the entire week, and there were a few balls that went astray, mm-hmm. and almost 
every single one of them with you know trees in the way branches in the way i mean at an impossible angle and it's hard to describe unless you actually saw the hole but um for them to just talk about it the strategy with their caddy say hey i'm going to use this and punch it and stay low yet they stayed low and almost every single one of them hit the green yeah (laughs) i mean with those obstacles in the way it was remarkable there's only one maybe two players there's one player that her shot was probably the toughest of them all where she tried to stay low and she ended up in the creek and she just couldn't get it quite elevated enough. But other than her, there was probably say 10, 11 that were, you know, in trouble behind trees like that. And just every single one of them pretty much, you know, hit it, hit it right on the green. It was unbelievable. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, when I was a kid, I used to be like, they had to go out golfing. like, yeah, you know, it's an old man sport, blah, blah, blah. But when you see the talent level it takes to hit some of these shots, yeah, it is not. It's not easy. You know, it's not like a. It's not like a basketball game where you got to be. You know, everybody's like these athletes. I mean, these are athletes too, and they're in good condition. But it's just a different type, like the hand-eye coordination and the thought process that goes into it. They discuss it with their caddy. What club are we using right. for distance? Uh, the the different irons, you know what I mean, will give you different heights so they know they got to punch it low, so you're going to use a lower numbered iron. You know what I mean? There's yeah. so much that goes into it that people don't think of when you think of, hey, I'm just going to go out golfing. Yeah, one of the most remarkable shots that I saw was on 15, I believe. This was after I was done marshalling. So my wife and I were walking around. We're between 15 and 17. And this young lady, I don't remember her name, um, she hit a ball. And I took video of this because the shot was impossible. It was behind a tree, and she had to somehow hit the ball around the tree to put it on the green. I shoot probably 150 yards out. And the ball placement behind the tree, it was almost directly behind the tree. There looked like there was no shot whatsoever. Right. And um, she talked with her caddy. I mean, she did the club selection. And somehow... She was able to hook that thing and get it on the green almost pin high. Wow. Yeah. It was one of the most unbelievable thing shots I've ever seen. It was remarkable. That's what inspired me to take the Stacey Lewis videos because yeah. I saw your original video of that. And like, wow. Yeah, I can share just... with you guys the post if you want because it really yeah, is. Yeah, that it, would it, be it's cool. an incredible video that, I mean, I you just... You hear her. You hear her club hit the tree or hit the tree after the shot. The yeah. follow through because she couldn't take. A full she was swing. so close to it. Oh yeah. man! Yeah, that was a better shot than that's, the one that I got. That yeah. was yeah. Well, that's why these players that came here are tops in the world. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was yeah, it was unreal. shots like that. Yeah, while we were waiting for her to set up, like we were actually backing up, and then someone from seventeen, as I'm backing up, hit a ball, and all of a sudden I hear, "Watch out." And the ball literally hit a foot behind my back, like at my feet. So she had another impossible shot to 17, but she had to wait for the other lady to shoot on 15. And she nailed that thing right on the green. It was unbelievable. Yeah, they're unreal. And they've got better swings than the guys, as far as I'm concerned. They're so fundamentally sound. I I mean, they can hit the ball far and straight. And it's just... Yeah. And consistent. I mean, I saw... One group put four balls right in, within probably a 10-foot radius of each other. It was wow. just unreal. Yeah. Now, Jason, you always come prepared. You always take a million notes. and I don't know if, they're, I, worth, I don't know if they're worth it. No, I love that about you, and I, I don't want to neglect those because I'm sure that you've got some stories to go along with some of that stuff too. So why don't you rattle off some of your notes and, and explain what you got here. Well, really, I'm sure just, you've got some stuff that's – that's definitely worthy of mentioning or talking about. Well, really, I just kind of took notes on um, some of the players and you know where they were at after each round. I mean, I think really the most remarkable story is the um, Dutanagarn sisters. Mm-hmm. I mean, shooting two fifty nine in the second and fourth round. I mean, eleven yeah. under par. Right? That's just ridiculous. Yeah. How did the Corda sisters do? The Corda sisters they struggled. Um, after the second round, they were actually six under, so they were eight shots back after. after oh, really? The so round. they weren't even. Did they were they in contention the final day? Um, they were. They ended up being. Let's see here. 
They were tied for seventh after the third round at 10 under. So they dropped four shots and they ended up finishing under three, seventeenth 17th uh, at 13 under. So they were, oh, wow. so they were back. really, but they really the had top. the, they had the, the biggest following in the entire. Oh, tournament. well, yeah. I mean, they're, they're yeah. a big name on tour. Yep, They were huge. I mean, they used, the crowd was so big following them. And it's kind of neat to see mm-hmm. um, them. And Lexi Thompson was another one that had a mm-hmm. huge crowd following her. Um, the biggest note I have, which I thought was interesting, was um, with the Olympics coming up here, I think it starts this weekend, I think on Friday, mm-hmm. I was looking to see how many golfers will be in the Olympics. And I did a quick run through, this, so this is an approximate number, but there's 21 golfers that were here in Midland from 15 countries that will be in the Olympic Games. So I thought that was kind of a, wow. kind of a neat, oh, cool. neat thing, yeah, to see, you know, Olympic talent. I mean, not only they're obviously the best in the world. I mean, I think we had 11, at least 11 in the top 20 LPGA rankings. Mm-hmm. So it's it's quickly becoming a good tournament. I think Midland has it for maybe four more years. Uh, all the reviews that I've heard from the players have been good. They like the course. They like, I, they like the format. Um, it's just different than anything that they played during the regular, you know, the, you know, the season. So, uh, Hopefully it's something that's here to stay for a while beyond you know what the contract is. I can. It seems like it's grown every year, and I can definitely see it continuing to grow. I think so too. I mean, this year it was covered by tape delay, but they the Open Championship was also this weekend um, for the for the men. It, yeah. So that's a huge deal, and the Golf Channel had that in the morning because of the time difference. So it was tape delayed um, Thursday, Friday, but Saturday was live on CBS mm-hmm. from four to six. So you got to watch the final. Um, few holes on on CBS Live, which was kind of neat. So yeah, that's so I, cool. I think I you know if I could see you know more live golf coverage of this tournament in the future, hopefully. Absolutely, yeah. Awesome, Jason. Thanks for being on the show. We really appreciate your time as always. I don't want to keep you too late because otherwise uh, your wife won't let us have you back and want to have you on the show as many times as possible because she she likes me me to get out of the house so it would be okay <laughs> yeah. awesome you're a wealth of knowledge so <laughs> come back then yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll be right back after this short break with more of the small market podcast your business could be advertising in this spot right now send us a message smallmarketpodcast at gmail.com and let us work with you to grow your business. That's awesome, Lon. Um, For those who make the team, what what does a typical day look like for them? Okay, so they get up. (laughs) We don't mess with them them too much because we work so late. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So some the professionals come in from eight a.m. till eight a.m. till nine a.m. is usually they come in and check into the office. We go. We have staff meetings with our pros, and then they go out and then they, they're doing their office work during the day from eight to three. Okay. Um, then from three till five, they're usually hitting the weight room. Okay, they're warming up. They're doing light work. They're hitting the weights. We lift five to six days a week. Okay. So that's your professional job. So from five thirty. Uh, around six o'clock, then we start hitting the cages. Hit the cages from six to eight. Defense is from eight to ten. Shower, crash, Monday through Thursday. Fridays, we do an early workout. Okay, so Thursdays are going. We we'll do like a we'll do like a six thirty a.m. run, workout, train, do like a long, do like a three mile run t- together as a team, or we'll do like a some sprint work in the morning, team building exercise, stretching, plyometrics. Then we do that. That is our community service and team building exercise day, where we go on the community team with the Boys and Girls Club, team up with soup kitchens, disabled veterans. We go visit nursing homes on Fridays. Saturdays and Sundays are reserved. Uh, usually Friday afternoons may be our travel day, or Saturdays we play either a single or a doubleheader, and between that and or a game on Sunday, as well. And then um, that's typically our day. It's usually from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. at night. Yeah, that, and some guys continue to train from 10 p.m. to they go back to the weight room. They may lift from some from 10 to 12 at midnight and get another lift in, and then get home around midnight, crash and 
because we don't they get plenty of sleep they're getting six to eight hours sleep so that's plenty of sleep so going from eight to midnight is fine you know that's awesome Juan. it sounds like you guys do a lot of good that's that's really cool um what can the fans expect to see at a usa warriors game so oh those are the fun ones so when we put on a show we're a show team we're an exhibition team so we're a little unique so when you come to the show you'll be getting you know usually guys will be reaching out to fans of kids when during the day we'll do a free youth clinic from like 10 to 12 okay during the middle of the day so when we have 150 to 200 kids out there we'll do like a two-hour clinic where we're doing 20 rotation we rotate the kids from 20 different stations they're learning how to hit wolf balls, field ground balls, and then we do a motivational speech, okay? Then the kids will go away for a while. We'll go rest, relax at the hotel. We'll come back. We hit BP, and then we, we have show showtime. So at 6.30, um, everyone starts rolling into the stadium. Uh, we're getting dressed. We're getting prepped. We're all camouflaged. We put on our war paint. You know, I mean, war paint, guys are putting face paint on over green or black because it's a show. Yeah. When we get on the line, we tow, tow the line. It's around 6.45. That's when the show starts. That's when the bikers, the Harley Davidson, start rolling out on the warning track. You have 20, 30 Harleys that are rolling out, revving their engine. So you got the announcer giving an announcement. Then you have, ladies and gentlemen, would you please stand? Uh, as we stand up for the uh, national anthem, we do that. And then we do the invocation. Then we play Old Glory. I mean, not Old Glory, excuse me. We play I'm Proud to be an American. It's a very emotional song, very powerful song. Mm-hmm. While that song is playing, fireworks are going off, cannons are going off, the flyovers for the F-16s or Chinooks are flying over, pregame ceremony. People are getting very emotional, very powerful, emotional events. And then everyone's going to stand in ovation. Everyone's getting excited. And then after that, then we have the governor or the mayor or the police chief, all of them together. USA, uh, USO is out there. Usually Veterans of Affairs is out there. Hall of Heroes is out there. They're all thrown at a first pitch. Then we sometimes have a wounded veteran come out there. We honor them. And a first responder, a police officer that has served in that community. And then um, then we put on a you know a 20-pitch home run derby right after that. And then we put on a nine-inning game. And then we do another fireworks show. Wow. And in a concert after that, a rock concert after that. And we put on a long fireworks show, 10 to 15 minutes. <laughs> wow. This is... Uh... It's quite a lot the show. Of explosions. <laughs> I, a lot of a lot of pageantry like too. A lot of pageantry too. It sounds like. I, oh yeah, it's very American. Yeah. Red, white, and blue camouflage, and then after that, then we do we sign autographs, we do yeah. interviews with radio stations and news reporters, and the players are usually taking pictures with the kids and signing autographs and balls and baseball bats and taking photos with the kids come on the field and get to meet the players and their experience and so forth. So. Wow, that it really just kind of brings the community together, is what it was. What it unite seems. everybody? Yeah, unity, patriotism, God, family, country. That's yeah. what we're about. So it's a. We'll talk yet another question for no, you, but ahead. I was just kind of wanted to chirp in a little bit. Um, is it fair or is it insulting to kind of compare you a little bit to like? the Harlem Globetrotters, because it, it sounds like you guys no. are kind of barn, barnstorming that's, that's, a little bit. That's, it's hard for people to grasp it until they meet one of our shows, but exactly what we are, we're like the Harlem Globetrotters, but kind of like on steroids. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, with the flyovers <laughs> and the fireworks and stuff. Yeah, you don't Free. get all that. Not literally on steroids. Right, but right, right. right. Just kidding. <laughs> that, yeah, you want to be careful with that with baseball, right? <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. It's, but the way it. you see some of our guys hit, yeah. some people are like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys hit the ball far. <laughs> now, do some... Are, are all of your players, do they come like out of high school or are some in college? Nope. Average, average age of our players is mid-20s. So are they in college? Like Some, some are in college. Some have played college already. Some played high school. Some played pro already. Do, do they, are they able to do both? Like, does that, is that something they do? Uh, some can, but usually our guys that are here are fully 100% committed. Okay. I, I just wasn't sure how that worked with the NCA and the eligibility stuff. If that was well, know. yeah. I mean, most of the time the guys are playing college. Go finish your college amateur career. But most of my guys here are professionals. They're trained professionals. We train six, five, six days a week. I mean, I got guys that live here full time. 
I got players, international players come from Jamaica and Dominican Republic can play for us as well. Uh, we got players that are in South Carolina. We got players that come from, God, Utah, Chicago, Michigan, Florida, Mississippi, Georgia, North Carolina. We have a show coming up in November where we play against um, uh, New York Police Department. We have a three-game show up there. We're playing up in there, against, I guess, in a minor league Mets stadium up yeah. in Boston and then New York. So we got shows up there in November. We play against Division Two junior colleges. I mean, I mean, our shows are different than when we just play colleges. We play colleges to like stay in shape and it's fine tune our skills and we train. But when we do our shows, that's when we call in the guns and the you know the whole the whole shebang. Right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So it's oh, okay. So from start to finish, because it sounds like you had this could be an all day event. You know, like the All Star Game or something. I that just comes to mind because that's what's going on this week. Um, how long? I mean, a baseball game alone is about two and a half, three hours from start to finish, from the first, <laughs> the first thing you're doing, the first fireworks show or whatever, to the last fireworks. Pre game ceremony is 15 minutes long. We just pack that up. We we pack that all in within 15 minutes. Everything the the pitch from the mayor the uh, 15 20 minutes we pack it all in we slant we, we just literally shock and awe people good lord that's wow <laughs> all right that's that's impressive because i shock and awe yeah. shock and awe get everybody excited do the home run derby that takes about we keep the 15 20 minutes we only do 20 pitches per team that's it okay keep it real simple one round that's it gotcha. so get two guys two, two guys per team 10, 10 swings and 10 swings, 10 swings, 10 swings, we're done. Okay. And they play a game. Yeah, yeah. So how do you recruit all then these? Then we have the grand finale at the end, of course. Right. <laughs> how do you recruit all these kids? Do they come to you, Juan? Like, is it? Yeah, we got guys coming from all over. I got guys that just show up. Really? Yeah. I mean, they're baseball players. Baseball players are like, oh, how do you explain it? It's... The play, they'll play anywhere, right? It, yeah, I got guys who are living out of their cars, and like, you give them a shot, you just give them an opportunity. They're that, hungry. That's, that's what we go after. We go to guys after the guys who are, don't think you know, they're not your your first round draft picks, right? But since we train so much, we train so hard, and we train so long, and we train every day, I take the military approach. Yeah. So who are you it's saying? A, who, who are you saying no to then? Uh, guys that can't throw the ball, hit the ball. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, it's hard to play the game. So yeah. I shouldn't come yeah. down then and try to join the team is what you're saying. Yeah, you can join the team. I'll just throw you up against one of my pitchers throwing them in the 90s and see how you do it. <laughs> That'll last all of about five minutes. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's a little more time than, than yeah. I Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and these guys they're they're ball players they sure. they can play i mean i could tell I mean, I, all i gotta do is give them a good 15 minute workout and if they're interested they keep showing up if they're not then guess what there's plenty of slow pitch softball out there <laughs> right. yeah pretty plenty of beer league softball Absolutely. there you go <laughs> all right well i don't have any more do you have any more questions no i'm also I, they, really interesting i yeah. i can't wait to to check out a an event. I think this is this is. Really I, do you cool. have it? Do you guys have anything in the state of Michigan at all lined up? Has has anybody? We will in the summers. In the summers, okay. we'll next summer we'll line up events. Um, possibly in your area, we'll line up a show. When we go play up there, we have an appearance fee. We'll come up there. We'll get everything and paperwork lined up, proposals and contract signed, pre-signed for next summer. So right now we're doing our fall training, assembling our team. Get because we have it now. We have an indoor training facility, seventy-five hundred square foot indoor training facility in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. We have five tunnels, carpeted, you know, climate controlled. We have an office here. We do training here. Um, we have housing um, that, that's in Greenwood. I mean, players come in from all over. Um, we get them, we get them, we get them established. After we get them trained up, coached up, and get them, we do a show. So we have to perform, and we have to perform well. And if we're going to perform well, then we have to train a lot to make sure everyone knows our cues, make sure it's very military-oriented. Military I mean, I just take the military model. When you go through basic training and when you go to airborne training or if you go to ranger school, 
we train and we believe in the law of muscle memory. And we just do the same thing over and over and over again, thousands of times every single day. So that when we do the show for that 15 minutes, it's perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. All right. Well, that's, that's all I have for you, Juan. I appreciate you coming on the show tonight and taking the time out of your day. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we get to come see if you come come to Midland, Michigan. That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. I would love love to come up there. We look forward we look forward to having our guys come up there and put on a show for you guys. Awesome, awesome. Thank well, you. Yeah, thank you. We look forward to to talking to you again, especially when you come okay, to Michigan. Guys. All right, all right. Thank, thank you so much for your time. God bless you guys. No problem. Thanks, you, you too. Juan. Thanks, Juan. Bye. That was our interview with Juan Andriatico from the USA Warriors Baseball Club. What did you think of that, Watucky? I thought it was different. It was a kind of a different interview for us. Yeah, he's a good dude. He's he runs a great organization, and uh, and I hope that comes to our area. I know sure. that I hope, that would be awesome. Hope that comes to the Great Lakes Bay Bay region. And um, it was a great interview. We want to also thank uh, Jason Wirtz again for coming on. And he's man, he's a man of many hats, many yeah. uh, many talents. Not only does he. Is he our, our baseball genius, but he's now our our golf genius, or one of our golf geniuses, right? Right, right yeah. You got a pretty good grip on that whole golf thing. No pun intended. <laughs> oh, um, I didn't even think. Yeah. You know, Wirtz would appreciate that because he loves the puns. I don't know if yeah. you knew that about him. I did not know that. He's a big pun guy, for oh. sure. Yeah. Well, I'll have to. Spend enough time around him. Yeah. Where it's just puns, it could be like a segment often. For sure. It's like a mini little thing. <laughs> Anyways, that was our show this week. Uh, thanks again for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to check out our Etsy shop, which we're we're adding new things constantly, and yeah. uh, the sales are picking up quite a bit. We'll talk I about. noticed that. What yeah. uh, what do you guys search? It was Chemical City USA? Chemical City USA, and you will find... Uh, small amount of eight arm killer stuff, but a lot of sports stuff, a lot of sports ball stuff, yeah, a lot of uh podcast related um items in there. R- some really cool t shirts that I've I personally made up the designs for. Yeah, you're a wizard with that stuff, I'm making sure not to infringe on anybody's rights or anything like that. But uh, infringe away, Hoffman. <laughs> we bow to no man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's a. a cool little shop that i'm proud of and we're, yeah. we're doing a good job there also don't forget about the giveaway that's right july 27th 20- we're doing the drawing that's right july 27th i'm not sure how we're gonna do that but uh Wataki, you've got an i'm gonna, idea. You've I'm gonna got go through i'm gonna write down all the names we'll pick them out we'll pick the name the winner out of a hat that has been you your gotta, brainchild yep. yeah you gotta remember to like and follow us on facebook or instagram comment tagging two people on that post and sharing that post those are for the cornhole boards those are for the cornhole boards i might repost that post maybe sometime this week that way it kind of refreshes it on our feed so people see it and continue to share it and you get the the uh the bean bags come with the cornhole boards they do you just you get the bags with the boards the bags aren't extra (laughs) yeah that's a pretty cool giveaway there's a lot of people that have been engaging with that so um yeah look out for the repost of it sometime this week or next and uh be sure to to like subscribe whatever and get yourself entered into that uh into that awesome contest i think that's all we've got for this week yeah right that wraps up this episode yeah. this episode number 75 this is number 75 yeah bam man 25 away what are that. we doing for episode 100 we should do something big oh my gosh that is i'm big. getting drunk should we get a, a wrestler on here to actually... I, wrestlers don't like me. We've discussed this. Yeah, we should get one like in person to not like you. <laughs> see if he comes across a table at you. Ugh. It's quite possible. You have a very fightable face. I do. A very punchable face. Yeah. and uh, it's. But I'd like to see him lift me. I'm just me. kidding. I do too. I'd I like, shouldn't. I'd like to see them power press me. They can't. I'm they can't. too... I My mass is too great for them to be able to, you know... To get me in all this cardigan and smoking. Yeah, that's why you get me smoking. beat up. <laughs> it's, Thanks, Hoffman. I usually, you're my tag team partner. What can I say? I know. I get the short end of the stick there, I think. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you next week. That has been number 75 for the Small Market Podcast. 
Nie, het is voorsbal. You've been listening to the Small Market Podcast. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, send us a message at smallmarketpodcast at gmail.com, or get more behind-the-scenes writings from Hoffman at smallmarketpodcast backslash blogspot.com. Music for the Small Market Podcast has been provided by the 8-Arm Killer.